Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another edition. And financial therapy, it's not just about the money, is a deeper look into the financial issues and challenges that present to every one of us. And when I say it's a deeper look, we can, financial therapy is pretty broad, right? It's made up of two words, financial and therapy. So we can, we can uh, have a pretty broad spectrum of what we can cover. And what I like to do is start with something that seems to be pretty purely financial and get to the part where we go, oh, that's illogical, and then go on from there to see why there's no belief around money and there's no behavior around money that doesn't make logical sense. When we drill down to those parts of us that um, hold certain beliefs and uh, attitudes. So today I thought it might be interested, interesting to talk about taxes, right? So taxes, oh man, is that very emotional? <laughs> Some of you are already going, oh yeah. <laughs> there, there might not be a more emotion-driven area of finance, and I'll underscore Mike because every area of finance can be incredibly emotional. So I thought maybe it would be interesting just to take a look at the um, popular money scripts around taxes and then maybe take a little dive into what what are the emotions behind that? What might uh, be something that uh, we could uncover that might give us a hint as to why we maintain those money scripts? So let's just go with taxes. Let's go with uh, deductions. And there's a lot of money scripts around write-offs and deductions. And there are money scripts that say deductions are good things. And they can be, they lower, lower our taxes. And in the majority of cases, I don't know what it might be, let's just say 80%, it's an actual loss. It's actual money that goes out of your pocket. So let's take a look at paying off a mortgage. I've heard folks say forever, that, oh man, I don't want to pay off my mortgage. I'd lose that interest deduction. Okay? So, and that statement could be irrespective of the interest rate, right? Let's say you have an old 5% mortgage, interest rate mortgage. Paying that off might have different investment urgencies than, say, paying off a 2.5% mortgage. But 
I'm not talking about the, in, the investment side of this equation. I'm talking about the tax side that says, no, no, I don't want to get rid of that deduction. Okay, so let's look at the logic first. The logic says a home interest deduction is worth 12 cents for every dollar paid in interest for most of us. And that is if your taxable income as a couple is around seventy to eighty thousand dollars you're probably in that twelve percent tax bracket so every dollar spent that's deductible will save twelve cents in taxes all right so that means that you have to spend eighty eight cents to save to twelve right so if you don't have a mortgage right for every dollar now that you no longer spend, you're going to pay 12 cents more in taxes, which means you get to keep 88 cents more than when you were paying on the interest. So logically speaking, reducing your net worth by a dollar, because it's going out, right, to save 12 cents, isn't a great money decision okay now let's dig a little deeper in this let's say that you have heard that let's say you have even believed that particular money script let's say that you haven't paid off a mortgage just because of that if you have been able to listen to what i just said hear the logic and go holy cow that makes a lot of sense. Oh, I never heard it that way. Nobody ever explained it to me that way. I'm going to go pay off my mortgage. Then you fall into that 20% of individuals that just needed more information. And then you go into action. Okay? Easy peasy, right? However, if you said, yeah, Rick, I get it, I've heard that, makes sense to me, but I just can't do it. Every time I get ready to pay off that mortgage, every time I, I want to write the check, and let's, we're assuming, of course, you can, I just like, oh, man, I can't do that. I'm going to lose that mortgage deduction. And I know somewhere in me, I know it's costing me money, but, oh, I just can't, I just can't do it. I think I'd rather, now this is a, this is a big one, I'd rather have that money in cash. So, we know, for example, let's just say I'd rather have the money in cash. Even at two and a half percent, even if your mortgage is two and a half percent, your cash today is only going to be earning you 0.05 maybe if you're lucky 0.25 you're way ahead to pay off the mortgage plus you're you're saving that interest right and you're getting 88 cents out of every dollar back what is that about well i don't know i don't know what it is for you but it's worth exploring right and remember it makes perfect sense it is very logical it's just getting to what the thought is.
And so this is where that uh, sitting with yourself, just getting quiet and um, having a discussion with the, that part of yourself that says, no, I can't do that. And asking your critical parts to step back, that no, your logical parts, just to give you some room, uh, meaning um, to, to let up a little bit on this part and kind of have a, a discussion with it. You know, why? Where did this come from? And if you can get into a place to really listen to what this part of yourself says, it could just be astounding to what this could go back to. And I could make up all sorts of stories. Typically, they go back to to something that happened in uh, childhood, something you heard from a parent or a caregiver, uh, maybe something in school that just really settled in and, and landed very, very deeply. And it could be, for example, it could go to a money script that paying taxes are bad and do every possible thing thing you can do to not pay taxes. So while a lot of this may make logical sense, you know, that it, it, it might be in your best interest, that there could be a part of you that heard your dad say, your mom say, whoever, don't pay taxes to the government. They're corrupt. They'll waste your money. Do whatever you can not to pay taxes. That's a big one. For, for a lot of folks. And so this is where we get to this place of making really self-sabotaging money decisions, a seemingly at least self-sabotaging because we give up 88 cents of additional net worth to make sure that we don't pay taxes. So that's a big one. And I don't know, that's just one of probably unlimited number of instances that happen in a person's life that could result in them saying, I just, I can't pay off my mortgage because I'm going to lose that deduction. And of course you can, you can fill in the blanks about, I can't do this because I'll lose the deduction or having the, the deduction is really good because that means I pay less taxes. Okay. So uh, let's look at, at another one that I think it has a lot of, uh, can have a lot of emotional juice around it. And this is a really common one. Uh, rejecting income so you don't go into a higher income tax bracket. So I've seen people uh, turn down raises, reject uh, other money or income or not charge people for things because this is going to throw me in a higher tax bracket. All right. So if a couple, again, is making around that $80,000 taxable income uh, area, they are in a 12% tax bracket, all right? And actually, the exact number of that bracket is $81,050. That's today. So let's say they got a dollar raise, and that now, a, if you're making $81,000, and $51, you're now in the 22% bracket. 
a 10% raise. That's almost doubling the tax bracket. So should a person take that dollar? Well, the answer is absolutely take the dollar. Now, I'm using a dollar to really um, emphasize the point. It could be $1,000. It could be $10,000. We just know at $81,051, you're in the 22% bracket. All right. So here is the misunderstanding. The misunderstanding is that by going into the 22% tax bracket, that everything now reverts to being in the 22% bracket. All of the income from zero is 22%. All right. And if that were the case, it's true that your taxes would darn near double. Uh, you'd be paying around $10,000 in tax on 81000 in the 12% bracket. And if it all was the 22% bracket, you'd be paying around 18000 Who'd want to do that? I mean, by that set of scenarios, that $1 would cost you $8,000. I mean, obviously, the right decision there, the sound money decision, would be to turn down the dollar. And that'd be true if that's how it worked, but that's not how it works. All that means is everything over $81,050 is taxed at 22%. It is not retroactive. So by turning down that dollar, a person is turning down 78 cents in net income, right? You get the dollar, you pay your 22 cents, 78 cents. So that's not sound money decision. All right. So again, if you could listen to that and go, oh my, I have done that so many times. I didn't realize that. Wow. Okay. I will never turn down money again because it puts me in a higher income tax bracket. Then you're in that 20% of folks that cognitively get it. All you needed was a little bit more information. But let's say that you say, you know, folks have explained that to me time and time again. And it makes sense in that moment. But I just don't get it. And it still feels really bad going into that higher tax bracket. I just can't believe that it won't cost me. Again, all sorts of emotional reasons, all sorts of potential financial trauma that could be entering into and blocking a decision like this. And it's just, it would be just hard for me to make up the stories that could be out, that could be yours for doing that. And they can go back to, to being very, very young. So it could go again with just the, the, um, the money script of don't pay higher taxes, paying taxes is bad could be a number of emotional triggers. So, you know, if you're in that position and you're going, yeah, I hear that, but my behavior doesn't change. I still feel when I, I think about my spouse maybe accepting that raise or me or me earning more money, it's like, what's the point? Whatever it is that there's still some resistance. There's still a part of you that's resistant to that. Check in and see what is the emotion that I'm feeling, right? 
What are you feeling when you have that thought? And I probably said this before. Oftentimes, when I ask somebody, so how do you feel about that? What do I get? I get a thought. Or what I think is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Or what, is it, what I feel is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. When asked what are you feeling, a feeling is an emotion, right? The answer to that is usually one word or a series of singular words. What am I feeling? I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling angry. What? So, so it's not what the thought is. I remember in uh, doing uh, The Seven Stages of Money Maturity, which is a book in a workshop uh, done by George Kinder, he taught how we've got to separate the thoughts from the, the emotions because emotions will cling to thoughts, right? So anytime somebody asks you what you're feeling and you reel out a thought, oh, that emotion is hiding <laughs> behind that thought. So try to let the thoughts go and the feeling be so that you can tune into that feeling. And tuning into that feeling, there can be a lot of wisdom in that feeling part of you as to what's really going on. And sometimes when we can tune into the feeling, we can uh, really be aware of its story, of where it picked that feeling up or where it picked the thought up around that particular belief. Okay, let's see what else we have here because I'm going to run out of time today. Let's talk about um, if you have money that you, you want to loan to a municipality. Tax-free municipal bonds. This kind of goes back to the I will not pay tax, period. Paying tax is a bad thing. And municipal bonds are is money loaned to governments that you don't have to pay tax on the interest. And sometimes it also means you don't have to pay state tax either. So state and federal taxes. I'll kind of cut to the chase on this because typically municipal bonds pay less in interest than taxable interest like money you put in the bank or corporate bonds, uh, CDs, things like this, where the interest is all taxed. So all things being equal, if the interest rates are the same, is it better to be taxed or not taxed? Well, of course, it's better to not be taxed, right? Not pay the tax. But the deal is the rates on municipal bonds are lower. And when you do the math, typically speaking, only if you're in the highest tax bracket does it make sense to hold municipal bonds. And for example, recently, um, high quality 10-year municipal bonds were paying 1.1%. The same high quality taxable bond was paying 2.1%. So in this case, even if you were in the highest tax bracket, which is 37%, it, in this case, it was it's better to hold the taxable bond because if you paid 2.1, you're 
and you subtract 37%, you're left with a dollar. You're left with a rate of 1.32%, of which is higher than 1.1%. So probably only if you live in New York and you had uh, state tax on top of that can you get down to the 1.1. Now I know I just throw out a bunch of numbers and for some of you, you've got parts of you going, oh no, I, I didn't get a word that he said. The point is that sometimes we can do investments where we don't have to pay tax on it and we would be better off paying the tax. It's the same concept we talked about before just kind of flipped in an investment sense. So again, if you're listening to this and you go, oh man, we're in the 12% bracket and we put a lot of money in municipal bonds so we wouldn't have to pay tax on it. Oh, well maybe we better take a hard look at that or get a, our accountant or a financial person to look at that and, and just do the math and make sure that we'd be better off being in a taxable account. If you can solve this issue with this knowledge, great. It was a cognitive issue where you needed more knowledge. If not, again, look at the emotions behind this. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? about putting money into an account where I will pay tax on it. And it's it's uh, perfectly okay to get the thoughts. I mean, the thoughts are important, like I'm a bad person because I'm, I'm not paying the lowest taxes. You know, all the money scripts that are around those are thoughts. Those are great to get out. But eventually, get to the core, the feeling. What is the emotion? Maybe the emotion is shame. Shame. Where did that shame come from? Where in your life could you take that back to shame? Maybe it's your father. Again, saying, basically, shame on you if you don't try to pay the lowest amount of tax possible. All right? And maybe you were eight years old, 12 years old, whatever. And this was just taken in as, as fact. And today you can track that, it's possible to track that back an instant or instances where that shame was deeply internalized. Maybe you were even shamed, maybe, let's just make up a story, you're a teenager and you had your money in a something paying taxable income and your dad not understanding what we've just discussed uh, just really laid the shame on and that's a bad thing to, to pay tax and you need to arrange your affairs so you don't pay tax okay I could go on and on but this podcast is limited to about a half hour <laughs> so so I hope this is helpful I hope it's helpful to getting to what is behind the money decision that can be self-sabotaging and starting to look at the emotions that drive that and the, and the thoughts that are surrounded. Take care and I look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior 
whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.